me ask you a question. It's not hypothetical. It's a real question. How many of you have ever gone out to chase dragons? Dragons. How many of you have ever gone out to chase dragons? Oh, I think there are way more of you that have chased dragons than are admitting. I'm not saying we're to go and slay dragons. I'm just asking if you've been chasing dragons. You see, that's what old ship captains used to do. You see, the old nautical maps in the ancient times would have the world as the the people knew it, but at the very end of the maps, the edge of the maps, there would often be sea monsters or dragons at the edge. And the cartographers, the map makers, would draw these sea monsters and dragons on the edge for a purpose. What do you think that purpose was? You see, the map makers believed that when they drew dragons or other sea monsters on the edge of the maps, they would indicate to the sailors that they were about to head out into uncharted water. They were headed out into unknown territory. And dragons and sea monsters at the edge of the maps would remind the sailors of the inherent dangers that lurked way out there, waiting for them if they dared to take an adventure. And brothers and sisters, that's what we've been talking about the last several weeks is taking an adventure together. These creatures reminded you not to stray too far. These creatures reminded you and represented all that threatens what you think is safe and what you know and what you expect. The dragons were the vast unknown. So my guess is many of you have been chasing dragons in your life, pushing the edges of the map, chasing in places that are uncharted territory for you. And so we are as a church. Hence your compass this morning. Charting our way, finding our place on the map, and orienting ourselves to where we need to go. Our text this morning describes such a journey in the Bible. Though it's a journey through water, not over water, it was primarily a journey that we're going to read about that is predominantly more about feet than it is about boats. The setting is this. Moses has just died. He has just died. He has led the Hebrews through the wilderness for an entire generation. He is now in what is today modern-day Jordan. And he is with the people looking west towards the promised land. But Moses is old. Moses died. And so God is choosing a new leader for a new generation of people to get up and go and chart a course for them in the land of Canaan. And God has chosen this replacement, and his name is Joshua. Listen to our text this morning from the Old Testament book, Joshua, chapter 1, verses 1 through 9. As God is speaking to this new leader and to the people about how to chart a new course. Listen to the word of the Lord. Joshua chapter 1, verses 1 through 9. 
Now, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, My servant Moses is dead. Now proceed to cross the Jordan, you and all this people, into the land that I'm giving to them, to the Israelites. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you as I promised to Moses. From the wilderness and the Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, all the way to the great sea in the west, shall be your territory. No one shall be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not fail you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous, for you shall put the people in possession of the land that I swore to their ancestors to give them. Only be strong and very courageous, being careful to act in accordance with the law that my servant Moses commanded. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, so that you may be successful wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. You shall meditate on it day and night. You'll be careful to act in accordance to all that is written in it. For then you shall make your way prosperous. Then you will be successful. I hereby command you, be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened or dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. My friends, this is the word of the Lord. Beloved, this is God's pep talk to Joshua before they charted on the course across the river. This was an entirely new generation of people whose parents and grandparents witnessed the first plagues of Moses in Egypt, of God in Egypt. They witnessed the the crossing of the, of, the, of the Red Sea. They were partakers of the gifts of manna and quail that fell from the sky. They were the generation who tasted water from the rock in the middle of the desert. This was a generation that knew the Ten Commandments and Moses climbing on the mountain to receive them. But now Moses, that generation, is passed away. A new generation would have to come and rely on God once again to perform those mighty acts that God has done before as they set their course together. There were dragons on their maps. Per se. There were not dragons on their maps per se. But the Hebrews, now Israelites, had heard about these giants that lived and roamed in the land of Canaan. They've heard stories of mighty kings and peoples with forged armament and weapons of war, toughened armies. They were wandering tribes of Hebrews before. They were nomads. And now they would have to leave an entire way of life behind of the old generation and learn to live a life in the new, in the land of Canaan. They would have to go from nomads to settlers nomads to farmers. It was a whole new way of life once they crossed that Jordan. The Hebrews, now Israelites, would have to require new ways of living for living in a new land. 
Our scripture today, my beloved, is God's instruction to Joshua and to the people. God offers a staccato repetition of, be strong and courageous. God reminds Joshua and the others, beloved, of all that they have been given, but they are to stay on point. They are to stay focused upon God. They are not to look to the left or to the right, but to keep focused on the ways of God. And then in verse 3, God gives a very subtle instruction. A very subtle promise. And we miss it if we don't pay attention. Look at verse 3. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, future tense, I have given to you, past tense, as I promised Moses. Think about that. Every place the sole of your foot will tread upon, future tense, I have already given you, past tense, as I promised Moses. Now think about what God is saying to the Israelites as they chart their course. God tells them, every place that you as a people go into the future, I've already prepared it for you to go. You just got to go. You just got to sail. You got to go find it and discover the gift I've got waiting for you. It's there. Just go get it. Hear that again, friends. The people will forget. If the people will forget the dragons on the map's edges and muster up the courage and try the unthinkable, keep their eyes on point, focused on God, keep their bearing on the pole star of Christ, they will reap blessings of what lies before them, but yet blessings their eyes cannot yet see. They have to chase the dragons on the map. Chasing dragons on our map going to those places, doing those things we never thought possible. Sure, our previous generation lived in what we might call this church's or the American church's glory days. But friends, God is calling us, you and me, this congregation, to go chase dragons at the edge of the map. We are to cross the river. We are to claim those gifts God has waiting for us, to claim the blessings, the ministry opportunities that are waiting out beyond the border of what we can see. If only we will get our feet wet and go through the river. And yet where we are, from where we are, as individuals and as a congregation, we too see dragons out there that are foreboding, that are lurking, that look menacing. They appear large. They may cause us to pause and to doubt and balk at moving forward. We want to chart our course. We want to set our course on the pole star. We want to go cross the river. We want to go find those gifts God has waiting for us. But those sea monsters, they look so large. They look so menacing. What, my friends, are the dragons in your life? What are the dragons that make you uncertain about charting your course in Christ?
What are the dragons on the map that are preventing and make this church pause in charting a course into 2019 and beyond? First, I think there is the dragon of scarcity. We look out and we see the dragon of scarcity. And the dragon of scarcity, you know what that one is, don't you? It's the one that goes, you know, if I make a commitment to give to the church, then I may not have enough for myself. Well, unless we forget, the whole concept and notion of enough is a state of mind and a relationship that we have towards what we own or possess. If you mean that you won't have enough money to go buy frou-frou coffees every day at Starbucks, or that you won't be able to afford that fancy dinner out on the town every week, if you think that is what not having enough is, then friends, I would say, you've got a lot. You've got a lot. You have enough. I have enough. When I see what people spend for dinners and nights out on the town in this city and then fail to give at least that much to the church for the ministry of what we're trying to do here, frankly, brothers and sisters, that's a huge spiritual problem. That's a huge spiritual problem. I had a friend of mine at Peachtree Church years ago, Mark. He was a single guy. In, uh, we live, he lived in Buckhead in Atlanta, a very big party spot for young adults. And one day Mark came back and he said, You know, Patrick, it's hard for me to believe. I just went out this weekend, and this was back in the 90s. I just dropped $300 this weekend on going out to eat and partying with my buddies. And yet when Dr. Harrington asks for that, offering on Sunday morning at church, I I hesitate. I have to overcome that. You see, that is the dragon of scarcity. Another dragon that lurks out on the edges of our maps that inhibits charting a course is the dragon of mistrust. Well, they, they may use my money the wrong way at the church. Do they know know what they're going to be really doing with it? Beloved, the enhanced financial controls that your session and business department have implemented are light years ahead of where they were just years ago. We have completed and have passed all of our financial audits. We have implemented systems of greater checks and balances with how funds you give are being strategically administered and given to people and causes that need them. The dragon of mistrust, slay it. Another dragon that lurks on the edges of our maps is the dragon of change. It's a dragon of change. Change is scary, isn't it? Change makes a person uncomfortable because they have to alternate the routine or the status quo. Change causes one to question whether the old set of familiar outcomes will be achievable if the proposed changes occur. It's the old, we've never done it that way before. 
But let's remember, my friends, when you chart a course for change and you go for it, changes will happen. Not for change's sake, mind you, but because change occurs in response to changing environmental conditions. I'm not talking about wholesale change just to have change. I'm saying we live in a contextual world in ministry and people and, and pre-Christians that did not exist 5, 10, 15 years ago. We cannot keep doing the same old, same old. We have to adapt to the conditions. Adaptive change is life-saving and life-giving creates new paths to forge. And a fourth dragon that swims out there on the edge of our maps is the dragon of self-focus. The dragon of self-focus. This is the dragon that whispers in your ear and in my ear, they don't need what I have to offer or to give because I'll let someone else who has more cover me. This, dad, this, this dragon is dangerous, quite frankly. Because it robs the Christ follower. It robs you and me of the opportunity to demonstrate love for others through this church, through this community. When we make the assumption someone else is going to give because they have more than I do, you're making a dead wrong assumption. It's self-focused. Friends, giving is a spiritual issue. Giving is a spiritual issue. Jesus speaks more about money and possessions than anything else in the Gospels other than the coming reign and kingdom of God. Why? Because Jesus knew how self-absorbed and how self-focused we can get about our possessions. We cling to our money and possessions because we really do not think that God is really big enough, caring enough, trustworthy enough to meet my personal needs or this church's needs. How do you know if you have this dragon of self-focus on your map? This is how you do it. Real easy. When it comes to your finances and possessions, do you refer to them as your finances and possessions? This is my possession. This is my car. This is my house. This is my, these are my stock port. This is my stock portfolio. This is my boat. Or do you say, all this is God's? These are God's finances. I live in God's house. I have God's car on loan. This is God's boat. This is God's cabin. This is God's farm. This is, God, this is God's investment portfolio. You and I may think all we have is ours. Newsflash. From what I've seen, a coffin 
does not hold very much. What are the dragons on your map, my beloved? Whatever dragons we as a church see lurking out there in 2019 and beyond that haunt you personally, we as a church corporately, whatever those dragons are, we are to remember the good news of the gospel, which is this. Our God is a dragon slayer through Christ. Amen. Christ conquers the dragon. We don't have to. Beloved, let us chase those dragons all over our maps. Let's set our course headings in the future, knowing that God already has waiting for us ministry we have to discover if we would only trust. Today, my friends, Jesus is asking you and me to put a paddle in the water. And that tangible paddle is that estimate of giving card. It's this compass. Today, my beloved, is the day we, as a church, start chasing dragons. What do you say? Amen. Pray with me. Spirit of the loving God, we give you thanks for this day and this opportunity to come and celebrate life and love and ministry. Lord, we thank you that you've given us resources to live and to enjoy. We give you thanks that you've given us resources for the the purpose of your church. That through these gifts, we can create ministries into 2019 that will touch every one of these little children on this stage. Holy Spirit, Help us face our dragons, and through Christ, enable us to slay them. So be it. Amen.